Hello everyone and welcome to Breaking the Boundary podcast. In this podcast, we are going to be exploring some exciting stories from South Asian millennials and beyond globally, how they are navigating their world, going outside conventional norms, and of course, breaking boundaries in their life. I'm really excited to introduce our next guest, who are both super inspiring and are really an example of what this podcast is all about. I'd like to introduce Brachi and Hirsch, who go by Two Tickets to Freedom on Instagram and are full-time content creators, who took a bold risk to transition from a life of sciences and stability to a life of creativity, traveling the world and getting paid for it. They have also built an online community of over 340,000 people through sharing what they love and have curated a range of workshops and classes to empower other creators to transform hobbies into a business with the help of social media. So welcome, guys. Hi, Hi. thank, thank you, you for having us. Hi, Ria. So nice to see yes. you. I'm really excited to dive into your story. But before we do that, I'm going to warm you guys up with some rapid fire questions. So are you ready? Okay. Sounds fun. Yeah, Absolutely, let's do it. yes. Perfect. So, number one, who's the better cook in the kitchen? I That's think it's got to be Prachi. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. I think uh, she she cooks from video recipes, but she cooks it on point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The second question is, what is the most memorable place that you've traveled to together? Um, you know, this is a question everyone asks us yeah. every time they meet us. And it's so hard. Like, you can't pick and choose from all these wonderful places that we've been to but like when we're strapped and we have to pick something we just go with like our most recent trip because that's the freshest memory in our brain and right now our most recent trip was actually to Iceland and that was so fun it was the it was so beautiful it was such a beautiful beautiful location we spent two weeks driving around the country and it was such an adventure Oh, that's great. And do you agree as well, Harsh? Yes, absolutely. Every day was like a fairy tale. You know, like there was a day when we saw seven rainbows in one go itself. Yeah, that was pretty insane. Then we saw the northern lights as well. Seven rainbows. That's crazy. I'm going to have to Google that. (laughs) Yeah, it did happen. (laughs) It's amazing. Okay, next question. What is the secret to working together creatively as a couple? Mm. I think it's a lot to do with understanding when you're working and when you're not working. Yeah, having clear boundaries and like uh, knowing that this is work time and this is when we're going to discuss our work stuff and then having off time when it's just about our relationship and it's just about date nights and it's just about being romantic. So having those clear boundaries helps us a lot. Yeah. And it's been a learning curve for us as well. Yeah. Because it happens so that with social media, you're thinking about it constantly. It's just there, right? And a new idea comes to you and you want to discuss it right away. So we had to set clear boundaries to it. Okay, fine. After the certain amount of time, we won't talk about it. There's got to be dedicated hours for it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's a good problem to have though. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is good. Fourth question. This is an interesting one. So what is the worst place you've been to? All our travel experiences, like touch wood, have been so positive and so nice. Uh, I don't think I have any place in mind that comes up when you say worst place. I, I'm, every every place has its ups and downs, sure. But like nothing that has made me feel like I'm never returning here. Like nothing like that. It's all been good so far. Yeah, I would like to second that. It's like every place, as Prashi mentioned, has its ups and downs. But 
it's all good otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the last rapid fire question for both of you is what is something that not many people know about you already? That is that is a thinker because so much of our life is online and we've shared exactly, that's so <laughs> many things about us. What, uh, what do people not know? I think the first time anyone comes across our profile, maybe not who already know us, but new people who join the community, they wouldn't firstly realize that we are pharma graduates. Like that's yeah. not the first thing that will come to anyone's mind. And then when we have conversations or once they've seen our content for a while and we talk about it in our stories or engagement scenarios, that time they go like, oh, wow. So you guys pivoted really a lot. You went from pharma to like content creation and exploring your creative side. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I guess uh, for me, what people don't know about us uh, would have to be, uh, it's a very simple little fact, but most people just assume that we live in Bangalore, which is in the south of India. Uh, but actually when we tell people we live in Mumbai, they're always like, what? I always assume you're from <laughs> Bangalore. So I don't know what like, you know, what about a content makes that come across. But yeah, that's just a little thing that people always get wrong. Okay. That must yeah. be interesting, actually. Yeah. How everyone obviously has a different perception of you online and then in real life. I bet that's like a bit of a disconnect sometimes with that as well. Yes. Great. So yeah, you've successfully completed the rapid fire round. Um, awesome. So yeah. <laughs> hope that was fun and warmed things up a bit as well. Yes. It did. Yes. <laughs> Great. So now I want to get more into your story and, you know, how you got to where you were. And mm -hmm. I guess I wanted to start with your name, Two Tickets to Freedom. Mm -hmm. How did this name come about and what does it really mean? Um, that's actually a funny story. Um, we uh, let me just like quickly tell you uh, how we met. Uh, we actually met uh, back in 2016 in college, in pharmacy college. And then we dated all throughout college. But then uh, Harsh started working for a pharma company. I started, uh, I was still studying. We have a little bit of an age gap. I was still studying, but he was working. And then by the time I graduated, the, uh, the pandemic hit, it was 2020. So I graduated right in the middle of that. So I had a lot of free time to figure out what do I want to do? I didn't have to dive headfirst into a job because the job market was so slow at that point of time. So Harsh had by then started uh, dabbling in a little bit of digital media and making websites and handling social media for clients and whatnot. And I was always interested in it. So I started working with him and we started working together. And by that time we got engaged. Uh, we've never traveled together before. And both of us have this really, really big travel bug. So now that we're earning a little bit of money, why don't we go somewhere and why don't we see some things? So we decided we'd go to Dubai. Uh, and that happened in ja in in December of 20... 2019, I think. 2020. It was oh, pandemic. Post 2020 or 21? Post-pandemic. Yeah, it was 2020, December. Yeah. We got engaged and we're like, let's go to Dubai. Things are opening up a little bit. Like all the lockdowns are lifted. Let's go travel. We went to Dubai. It was such a fun trip. It was like our first trip together we came back and we had to be quarantined for two weeks in a hotel room. And oh, we're nice. like... Wow. Okay, we did not expect that, but the fun and like all the all the experiences we had in Dubai all make up for us having to you know stick it out in a hotel room for two weeks. And this is in that hotel room is when we decided, um, why don't we make this something? Like, why don't we do something about it? Like, obviously, this was not our last trip together. This is just the beginning of something that 
we don't even know how it's going to look like. We want to travel the world together. Why don't we do something about it? So in that hotel room is where we ba- brainstormed names and we came up with Tutikus to Freedom and we got the domain name and we registered the Insta handle. And everything happened in those two weeks in that hotel room. And we've just been doing this since. Um, as for what the name means, Harsh. So it, it basically signifies the idea that we love freedom, the freedom of doing things the way we want to do it. And it goes way back. Like we hear, we have spoken to our friends, we have seen the normal culture of corporate life where you have a specific amount of hours, the concept that you need to be eating lunch at a specific time period in the day. Like all these things really hit us hard. Like it's your life. You should have the freedom to do whatever you want with it and the way you want to do it. So the freedom element was like on top of our list and we kind of played around with it. Like how can we... uh, How can we incorporate freedom into this name or into this thing that we want to do? And at the start of it, it was a lot to do with travel. Yeah, it was all about traveling. We just wanted to travel everywhere. So it was like, okay, let's book two tickets. And then since we booked two tickets everywhere, and it's like two tickets, where does it lead us? It leads us to freedom. So that's how we came up with the name. So it's pretty much a mission statement for us. (laughs) Two tickets to freedom. Yeah. I love that. That's a really good story, actually. The fact that you were quarantined, but you kind of just, that's where the creative ideas actually like grew. So mm-hmm. that's really yeah. interesting. You mentioned a bit of how you kind of transitioned from, you know, your career to mm-hmm. a more stable career in sciences to, I guess, full-time content creation. But I wanted, could mm-hmm. you expand a bit more into that journey? So how, was there like a pivotal moment that made you want to go on this path of full-time content creation or did it kind of come about more gradually? So since day one, since the time we started dating, we always spoke about travel. And that element was always there in every conversation we had. Yeah, but we were broke college kids and we had no money. We were living off of, you know, very little money that our parents would gladly give us as our allowance. So we had no money to travel or do these fun activities together. So we'd always just envision doing something. Uh, But of course, to make our own money, the career that we were on was in pharmacy and pharmaceuticals. That's where the, that's the college we met at. And Harsh is four years my senior. So he was actually the senior when I was a freshman in college and that's how we met and he graduated before me four years before me so he had he, I, he jumped a lot yeah you know? he jumped a lot yeah Why so like yeah so like I did like a corporate gig as well at the same time as soon as I got done with college he was teaching dance to I kids was teaching dance as well yeah wow. and I was organizing events and eventually from the corporate part I I was not uh, feeling it completely so I shifted to another company where I like the bosses and I stuck along where I told them that I want the creative freedom to explore what I really want to do in life and they were right. game for it. I guess uh, both of us ended up in that college because of the traditional life path that our parents had set out for us which is like you go to school you study science and you become a doctor or an engineer or lawyer or something but we didn't get admission into those colleges because we weren't the best students so pharmacy is where we sort of like we're like okay parents let us like you know go to this college so it was just sort of like a random thing in our life that we just ended up at that college both of us weren't to uh weren't 
passionate about, about ph- pharmacy. We just ended up there because of however we were raised. Uh, but once we were in college, we realized that this is not what we want to do, even though we're studying and even though we're going to spend a significant amount of our uh, young adult life uh, learning about this, we don't actually want to be doing it. So that was also fun having to convince our parents that, uh, you know what, we graduated, but we don't want to be doing this. We're going to figure something else out. Uh, yeah. that was also and I want to get onto that as well. Yeah. In a bit, but I'll, I'll let you carry on. Yeah. And so like while we did this entire journey and while we were seeing each other going on dates, uh, we used to watch a lot of work of other travel content creators. Yeah, we would binge on YouTube, um, yeah, we took you know, a these lot travel of... videos and stuff. We, and we used to not watch it in the sense that, okay, we will do the same trips and create content the same way. We used to just watch it because it felt nice. Like uh, there's a couple creator called Kara and Nate. You yeah. must have heard about them. They're really big on YouTube, right? They, we just love watching their videos and we would put ourselves in their shoes yeah. and just imagine doing the trips the way they did it. And that, that kind of, those conversations always happened and then we kept looking at more creators who were in the travel field and it kept inspiring us. And then there came a point, as Prashi mentioned, where I was dabbling in digital marketing and she started, uh, we started working together on it. That gave us a lot of location freedom. Like we could yeah. work from anywhere. Yeah. So we would be, we, so we started traveling and we still had that, we were still working for clients. So we'd be up in the mountains, finishing websites for people, or we'd be in a bus going from one place to the other, taking calls and figuring stuff out for people. So um, that was a, that was a fun few years in our life, in our career as well, where we uh, had started traveling, but not creating content full time uh, but still taking clients and uh, that was that was a lot of, there was a lot of freedom that came with it but then uh, also it was very limiting we always had to be available you know uh, through the week for clients and whatnot and yeah. then we sort of transitioned into being full time creators yeah so like we took it step by step mm. first uh, I, firstly we was we were waiting for like a revenue generation from it we were just seeing like how does this thing really work? Because yeah. no one's speaking about it openly in the market. Yeah. And we also had a really blur idea. So we started seeing how the funnel is really, like how do brands work with you? How do you generate money from this entire venture? So first, Prachi took the leap of faith. I'm like, uh, you do this full time. Like when we started making a little bit of money from it, but not enough to fund two people. Uh, it was just me. Uh, I mean, of course, a lot of support from Harsh. And he was like, okay, you need to stop with working for these clients for our digital marketing uh, freelancing. And you, you need to like go full time into creating more videos and, um, you know, having more uh more output so that more money can come in through this so both of us can then eventually full-time um do just traveling and content and instagram and all of that and it's such a it's such a cool thing i'm like so proud of us because nobody helped us we don't have any friends or family who did this profession or guided us it was just both of us putting our brains and our heart into it and figuring it all out for ourselves yeah and eventually once we gain more confidence in it we took a full leap of faith and we were like, okay, let's do both of us do this full time. Hmm. And so we kind of uh, figured a way for clients to do, uh, be taken care of by other agencies and just got into it full time. Hmm. And it's just been an amazing journey since then. Hmm. That's a really good journey. And I guess I wanted to touch on a few things that you mentioned in yeah. that journey and just delve a bit more deeper. So what was like the time period of you transitioning from you know your more stable career to actually becoming full-time like um so for Harsh it 
took maybe a year uh, or two years to leave his uh, steady paying job, like his monthly paying job and start his own digital agency freelancing gig. But for me, it was more more so like, Uh, just a timeline of a few months because I graduated mid-pandemic so mid-2020 and then we started uh, we went to Dubai in December of 2020 so it was just over a few months that I graduated I started working with Harsh for the uh, digital marketing agency and then after Dubai we were just like okay let's do this so it was just over a few months yeah wow and how did you go about starting that from your like the transition between that from your corporate job to doing that digital marketing agency. Right. Uh, so as I mentioned, the second job which I took up, I, I met founders who were really uh, open to me exploring my own skill sets. And it's, it's funny that the job which I had taken up, I added another role to it. Oh. So digital marketing wasn't my ro- role in that job. But then I just told them that I got the skill set. Let me apply it with you guys. And while I was doing that, I picked up some freelance gigs and I was able to like create a buffer amount, like a safety net when I want to make that jump from this job. And I had like a decent safety net for like three months. So I decided, okay, fine. I have like two gigs and like, let's just take this jump. I made the jump within two months. Like I started rolling out things. And uh, another thing that kind of played in my favor was that in, in a sense that people really started taking digital marketing more seriously uh, when all the attention shifted online. Obviously, post-pandemic, everyone realized that it's happening more digitally. So that way, we were able to gauge on that shift. And yeah, it just worked in our favor after that point. That's good to know just a bit more detail because it shows you can kind of carve your own role in wherever yeah. you're working to an extent. And I think that is really true nowadays because job roles are becoming more and more flexible and more and more unique and t-shaped so I think that's a really good thing that people could learn from and try and apply to their own companies as well you carved your own role and you kind of just created you literally created the life that you wanted so that's really good to hear yes and yeah I love that and another thing that you guys touched on but I wanted to dive in a bit more detail is more about your South Asian culture and and how that played into all of this so Firstly, I just wanted to know, what is your South Asian heritage? Where are you from? Um, both of us are from India, but different parts in India. So I'm from the north, from Punjab, and Harsh is from the west in Gujarat. Um, but both of us have very similar upbringings because a lot of Indian parents have the same sort of traditions and mentality, even though communities and religions are different. Both of our parents valued having a good education and um, not just a good education, but also um, in a respectable field, which is often sciences for, you know, Indian parents. Even in school, like I was always told uh, whenever I'd imagine what would I do after I graduated from high school, I was always told and nudged into having a career in the field of science, whether that be being being a doctor or being um, an engineer or something. I guess I never thought of myself as a creative growing up because I just never um, explored that part of myself. I was always, um, you know, deep into my books, studying for exams and whatnot. And there, there'd barely be any time to do anything creative. So I just always grew up assuming that I'm non-creative. And then I went through the motions. I went through high school 
took my major in science and studied pharmacy and drugs and medicines and all of that for so many years and i figured i i'm not into science either so what am like who am i what do i like and the pandemic was actually um, a big respite for me because i got some time to think there was a pause in my life there's nothing happening everyone stopped what do you want to do who are you like think about it and that, i did a lot of self exploration and deep dive into myself and that's kind of where i figured that i guess i am creative i do like taking pictures i do like making videos i've always been the person in college who people would come to um to help edit their videos for their friends birthday wishes or what not so i was like why don't i apply those little skills i picked up and start doing something with it and um my parents were um they were okay with it thankfully i think they were just so happy that i had a backup which is so stable that industry is never going to go anywhere if i ever need to go back to it um i have that option um so they were okay with me experimenting and figuring my way around it as for harsh's experience was probably a little bit similar but of course some differences yeah like pretty much on the same lines uh how prachi was also unsure about like whether this is the field for me i was a confused college kid and a confused student throughout uh everyone asked me like what do you want to do and like i scored decent and now the scene with scoring decent marks is that oh you score well like, then your parents start expecting stuff from you <laughs> so like okay you do good in the science field but uh, i used to always wonder what it would be to do something in the media line uh, i didn't know what uh, what words to use really because things were just starting to open up uh, social media as a career was so hard to explain 10 years back mm-hmm. or the idea that you wanted to do branding as a career like mm-hmm. what is it exactly wasn't clear really the people who did it knew it but as an education it wasn't out there and you as yeah. a student you're not exposed to so many like these things growing up all you're told is something else so you don't even know what it is that you're looking for yeah exactly so it was a confusing time and yeah we took sort of the safer route where we have a degree in place which guarantees that okay at least we'll get a stable job yeah. till the time we don't figure out what we really want to do yeah and that's i think a direction we both took Yeah. And we're lucky we took that cuz we met each other in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I mean that is a common reality for a lot of people like it makes sense to have some sort of backup even though it doesn't sound as exciting. Having that financial stability is what allows you like the room to be creative in the first place. So you're not thinking about money in the first place but you're thinking about okay what can I do next, you know. So I think that is a a realistic way to transition. it's good to hear about your stories in a bit more detail mm-hmm. to kind of it hopefully inspire other people who want to transition from you know a more corporate lifestyle into something more yeah, full time totally. yeah like uh, this one thing whenever we have conversation with someone where they feel that they're limited by the degree they have uh, and i feel that times have really changed your degree doesn't decide anything and it neither did decide before as well yeah i think we just thought that it we did. just thought that so it we, did yeah, yeah. but now the opportunities are so open that you might be doing engineering right now and uh, you realize by the end of engineering that you want to shift your career altogether and maybe you want to get into landscaping or as simple as that you want to get into art and you should take it with open arms that okay i will challenge myself and i will make it happen and not worry that okay i studied this my entire life so how am i going to do that yeah exactly so then i guess how did you 
deal with that uncertainty when jumping into the unknown? Um, I mean, I guess we there's no way of dealing with the uncertainty other than just facing it and putting on a brave face and hoping everything goes well. Um, and I guess that's what we did. Like for our parents, it was safe enough uh, to assume that, okay, these like our kids will, if they don't make it, uh, they have something as a backup. For us, it was never an option. We never saw fit as a backup. For us, it was the only thing that we wanted to do was figure life on our own terms and figure how do we make travel a big part of our life. And that was it. Like we, even though it was a backup, technically it wasn't a backup for us. If we just had a plan A. Yeah. And if anyone wants to really explore something new in their life and they are worried to come out of that comfort zone that's created yeah. for them, uh, a simple advice would be that do that one bit, which you feel is going to keep you safe financially, maybe, or like it's going to keep your family content that, okay, he's doing something right or she's doing something right. But at the same time, there are enough hours in a day to explore other things. Mm -hmm. So like, don't go back home and just sit on a couch and think about all those amazing things you could have done. Rather take that one step that you could like spend a few more hours after coming back in that direction, which you could explore. And if it works out for you in an after hours, then you can start increasing time and dedicate more hours in that. Yeah. And and then you can make that entire pivot. Yeah. I don't think like just changing your job and like going uh, and being like, okay, I quit. And now I'm going to figure out what I want to do. I think that's uh, probably a more harder path to take rather than just balancing both and then making a choice of, okay, do I want to continue down the stable route or do I want to take a risk? Yeah, because... At the same time, it's pressurizing. Like, yes, it looks all fun and great on the outside, but there's a lot of struggle that goes behind. There's a lot of anxiety that rolls in. There's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to the amount of money you'll be making on a certain in a month. So, like, there are a lot of things that are in play, and you want to make sure that you're made of that material that can take this roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is really interesting to hear, and it is the realistic path. So, I think that's some really good advice you shared. I guess I want to move more into your content side of things. So I know you you have some workshops and things like that where you're you're trying to help other creators also turn their hobbies into businesses. So what kind of advice would you give to creatives who also want to do the same? Because I feel like your content, whenever I see your content, to me, it's always got this energy where it's always feel good. It's inspiring, but it feels authentic. It feels real. It doesn't feel like you're putting on a show and it just makes you feel good. So yeah, what's your tips for creating content in general? So the first thing that you said, like staying authentic. Yeah, following what you want to do. Like imagine if Harsh and I were like, you know what? All these food bloggers are actually making a lot more money. Why don't we just like learn how to bake and like we'll make content about that. We would fail so bad because we we don't enjoy cooking we don't i mean we follow recipes and make food when we need to but we don't enjoy it, it doesn't come from our hearts we if we would do it just because it's making money it would be short lived and we'd uh, crash and burn but because we're following our joy we're following the thing that uh, even when we're exhausted even when we're tired we still want to do more of it which is traveling and exploring because we're doing what we enjoy, it's working out for us. So that's sort of like the first thing we tell people is don't become travel creators because you see us travel and we have fun and you you, you get envious of it. Become 
the kind of creator that is going to make you feel happy and make you feel enjoyable um even though it's less paying even though it's uh, not as glamorous as other things like do what's actually going to be um hap- like do what's actually going to make you happy rather than follow trends and follow things that other people are doing and like when you're starting your journey before you start also you want to sit down and ask yourself why do you want to do this like what is your core reason like is it just for the money or is it which the, is not a bad reason which, yeah but like but, get clarity but on like, it yeah yeah be clear like don't lie to yourself yeah and like if you intend to provide value in a certain way write that down okay like i i intend like if, or like i want to help people yeah. or like i want to do this or i want to see the world like when we started our entire goal was we just wanted travel yeah, that was it. money <laughs> and everything is all just a side thing that has come our way our main goal was to travel and that's sort of what we've been doing so yeah understanding why you want to do this will really help you in this whole journey and now if what people have to also imagine is that once you create content there's someone on the other end of it mm. so it's important to understand your audience to engage with your community uh, we've seen a few people kind of miss out on this one thing mm. where they don't try to interact with them enough where they think it's a one off thing yeah well like it's a one way street but it's actually a two way street like someone's actually like those numbers are actually real people and your content is actually being seen by people whose lives it may impact so what is that impact that you want to give and who are these people that you want to impact i feel like people look at social media as oh my god i'm going to get famous i'm going to become a celebrity i'm going to have like a million followers and life is going to be so cool but there's actually a million people if you do get a million followers that's like 1 million people that's so many people that's such a yeah. huge number that's so many lives you're reaching and so many people you may impact uh why not do some good like why not actually inspire them or why not actually make them happy or make them laugh with your content or whatever it is uh think about the people who are going to be seeing your content yeah i love those points like especially figure out your why cuz i feel like previously when i've done a bit of trying to look at different avenues or streams like i didn't really have a strong why and that's why it never lasted but with what i'm doing mm-hmm. now i feel like my why is strong so it does really make that difference and not having yes. to copy paste other people like just figure out you know you can create your own path you don't need to fall into a certain box of like what someone else is doing now like like you say the possibilities are kind of limitless from that way they are that's insane like exactly like we had travel creators that we looked up to but our life path is not at all like their life path their life path worked out for them uniquely and ours is working out for us uniquely even though we're travel creators there's so many different opportunities that are available for each and every one of us and we don't have to copy paste uh someone else's content because it seems to be working we just need to be following our joy and like doing things authentically yeah and i guess do you think part of that comes from the fact that i feel like nowadays people are way more curious about other people's lives than they maybe used to be or just because we have that information accessible to us there's so many different lives we can kind of peek into in a way that might also influence the different types of content that are produced nowadays like you know you see content on you know mukbangs or people eating loads of food or just people going to the grocery shop yeah. people care about that now which i think is yeah. is crazy yeah, exactly exactly yeah i feel humans are such social creatures and we've always been ever since uh 
all those tens of thousands of years ago since we started evolving uh, into the humans that we are today and drama or like just looking at other people and like being a part of someone else's life is such a nice peek into the possibilities that exist it may not be your life path but it's nice to know that there's so many different things going on so yeah anything can be content i feel like even we come across like all these different kinds of stuff that we're personally not interested in but there's like you know millions of people actually following it so i feel like there's uh, an audience for everything absolutely yeah that makes so much sense and if you imagine just social media platforms as say tv channels or mm-hmm. like you you want to constantly have something new coming up right so if you take that same angle yeah i feel like it's a tendency to switch the channel yeah. even if you're watching something you enjoy the only thing is attention span of humans has really reduced so like yeah. by research it has become come down to like 3 seconds yeah, so if you right. don't get the attention in 3 seconds you kind of lost them already yeah. so that's where short form content really comes into role where you get the attention they're hooked and that's why we spend so much time on the gram mm. yeah i think those are really good points as well and i think to be fair with the short form and long form in a way it's kind of both as well because a lot of i feel like a lot of podcasts are getting more popular as well or long form youtube videos and things right. like that some people like want to break away from the short form from tiktok as well so it's just that balance and and because you're both south asian i was wondering how do you kind of create content that resonates with like your south asian followers but then also your glo- your relatable to a global audience at the same time do you consider your south asian audience first or how does that work um so for us in india there's a population of over a billion people so that's already 1/7 the population of the entire world so there's a lot of scope for us to look at our audiences just Indians or South Asians because the relatability factor is huge because we're both brown um when you look at another brown person if you are a brown person you do get inspired no matter what they're doing and because there's so many of us we just think of our primary audience as uh South Asian or Indian uh but of course because we travel internationally and we meet so many people from abroad uh our content is also exposed to these different um international people so yeah like primarily it would be the indian audience that we make our content for like we hear back from a few international audiences as well who are not india based and who don't have any origins with oh yeah we uh, yeah we do hear from them when we post stories which have uh, you know something written in rupees or something written in hindi then we'll get uh, dms from people being like hey i don't understand this and that's sort of like when we understand okay our content is not just viewed by indian people it's also um people from all around the world yeah like we did a recent trip to iceland right so in that we broke down our entire road trip like how we did uh the license part how we rented the car and how much it cost and everything like yeah we broke it down so that sort of information is not just useful to someone from india it's useful to anyone who wants to go to iceland correct and who, maybe someone who's a couple so those sort of things come into role and it kind of breaks boundaries like people forget at that point ki from where are they they start thinking okay they are travelers they are very travel people and they know how to do a road trip across the entire country so let's follow their work hmm. but at the same time if you're brown and you're seeing us you you go relate even harder mm-hmm. so there are a few angles we kind of touch upon to make people understand that better yeah i think that is actually good to break down like having those different angles and who your you know different types of audiences are because sometimes you might think oh i'm this type of person i'm just going to only be applicable to this type of audience but like thinking broader is probably 
quite a good thing to do. And do you do you feel like as content creators, do you think that there is a lot of representation for South Asians in the industry you're in, in content creation and even in travel content creation? Because, you know, in the past I've seen when I first looked at travel content, it was predominantly a white industry. There's a lot of white people in that industry. So I was wondering, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's really changing now. There are a lot of creators that are up and coming. Uh, obviously, who is going to do it for the long run is something we'll find out after a few years. But when we started off, there were a few. But now, after like three years of doing this, we also hear back from people that like they are inspired by us and other creators to start creating themselves, which is very nice to hear. And the whole paradigm has really shift, shifted. Like People are really thinking of this as a career yeah but in the in the global industry as such i'm sure like uh still south asians aren't being represented that well uh but in the indian industry the creator economy is booming like mad it's just like more and more brands are paying more attention and more and more brands are putting more money into influencer marketing than they are in traditional ways of marketing which is newspapers and tv and movies and uh there's it's so crazy now because uh initially like bollywood movies was a big way for brands to you know integrate their product and now with bollywood movies they have this whole influencer angle where they'll call influencers for bollywood movie screenings and meet with uh meet with these actors so the actors can promote on social media with the help of influencers so i feel like in india people are really waking up um, to how influencer marketing can be helpful to their brand. And because there's so many different regions and different languages in India, there's also these different regional content that's coming up and every place is sort of becoming more and more populated with these more and more creators and more and more brands. So in India, it's really booming. But of course, in the global economy, we are still um, unrepresented and probably not even heard of. So it will take a while to like transition, I guess. But I think we're getting there. Yeah, that's really interesting, especially what you're saying about, you know, um, the Bollywood industry, how they're taking influences and basically it's just like different types of influences coming together. So Mm. what opportunities do you think right now you see, like, do you see any pockets of opportunities for South Asian creatives into thriving in the content creation space? Is there any specific industries you think are booming particularly? Um. Like in content, I feel entertainment creators and comedy creators um, have the highest amount of um, engagement. And also from the brand side, they recognize it. And those are the creators that are getting the maximum amount of payouts. Um, At least that's the scenario in India and the Indian industry. Um, But uh, overall, I feel like just finding your own niche, even within a bigger category like comedy or travel just finding who you are as a traveler or who you are as a comedian and having that help you set yourself apart from the rest of them like just the more unique you can make your content or just the more unique you are as a brand of creator the more I feel opportunity there will be for you the more it's like a cookie cutter sort of content and the more you're replaceable as a creator I feel the less opportunity you'll have that's a really good point definitely like embracing your uniqueness and not shying away from being different and presenting things differently Mm -hmm. and that's really good Mm -hmm. thanks for that 
I guess now, now you are full-time content creators. What would you say the typical day in your life is now? And I assume that does vary day to day. But oh, yeah. if you have, you know, the core key elements of your lifestyle, I'm just wondering, what is that? So we are really dabbling right now in getting things more structured and organized. Yeah. Uh, because we have a lot of ideas, a lot of things we want to do. Uh, just not around content, but like with the community, with education, with workshops, we want to do so much. And now we're finding like how to arrange this entire sequence to create this system in place that it happens more regularly. Yeah, because our life is all over the place. Like no two days look the same. And I mean it, like literally no two days look the same. Sometimes I can, uh, sometimes we can just sit on the couch and watch Netflix and we're like, oh my God, we have time to watch Netflix. (laughs) And other days... Other days, we are just like bouncing from one thing to the other, finishing up tasks, booking flights, and travel days are so different. Like, they have no structure. That's when we're the most active physically. And when we're not traveling is when we have a little bit of downtime to rest and relax and um, catch up on admin tasks and reply to emails and whatnot. So no two days look the same. And yeah, as Harsh said, we are hoping to have a little bit more structure in our life the the haphazard way we've been living so far it's been really like a day-to-day sort of thing and we haven't been able to do things for our long-term goals so we really want to make some changes in it so we're trying a little bit our uh, to stick to timelines we we've tried timetables we've tried dedicated days for content or we've tried to have dedicated days for filming or editing or whatnot so we're trying you know little bits and pieces of different different things uh, to bring more structure into our day-to-day also to add to that the category we are in which is travel right in that comes additional challenges right if you were just doing some other sort of content category you could do it with a structure because you would be in one base but the thing is, we don't know where we'll be in like two months, one month, and we are constantly on the go. Next month, again, we'll travel for two weeks. The routine that we set up while we were here in at home will completely shift. And now we're doing new activities while we're on the go. We're creating content while we're there. You're doing brand collabs on the go. So now we've changed the entire routine. You come back home. And, and then just... it's like so hard to get back to that routine. So there is no specified structure for us we are ourselves making it work and i guess you know what i actually like it i i in, even in school and even while growing up i never liked having a set of rules to follow like this is when you're going to do this and this is when you're going to study this and this is when you can go play i hated all of that so now i have the freedom to do whatever i want with my time and i actually do enjoy it it may be overwhelming on some days sure is uh, but I actually do enjoy the uncertainty and the the freedom that we have to do whatever we want for that time. I think that's a good point because when you do choose this life of content creation, that there is going to be a lot more uncertainty, obviously, than when you're in a corporate lifestyle. So I was just wondering, like you mentioned, every day is so different, but do you still feel like the lifestyle of a content creator is sustainable? Obviously, you've been making it work um, for a couple of years now, but do you think it's something that the normal person could also do if they had a corporate job um yeah of course why not like even if the normal person say has a corporate job where they have to show up monday through friday monday through friday nine to five there's still a lot of time 
in the rest of the day to do whatever you want. Maybe right now you choose to just come back home and spend it with your family or you come back home alone, you live alone maybe, and you choose to go out with your friends. There's so much time still that you can make um, to put into your passion. So if your passion is to create content and share your life out with the world, I feel like everyone has access to the internet and it's so much so much accessible right now uh, than it was maybe uh, eight to ten years ago when there wasn't as much awareness about it right now everyone knows it everyone's on instagram everyone's on tiktok and whatnot and anyone can make up an account and start and change their whole life if they want to it's just about whether you want that and whether you're willing to put in the effort to do whatever is required and we have friends right now who have just like they're content creators they're right now doing a corporate gig as well as creating content right and we have also friends who have been content creators for years now and have just left their jobs because they were fine with their jobs but they also enjoyed content creation so it works for everyone in different ways you just have to figure out what makes most sense for you yeah and i i just want to clarify that we're not in any way saying that uh you must leave your steady paying job to become a content creator both of these things can happen uh hand in hand uh, it's just about priorities yeah and i think that's a really good point because sometimes when you see people online you do think oh how are they sustaining this lifestyle how you know because sometimes it is uncertain in terms of financially if you get specific you know brand partnership deals some months you don't but I think Harsh as well, you made a good point about how everyone is different and they have a different level of what they're comfortable with. So it makes sense for every person will have different boundaries as well. And then what are some of like the challenges you actually faced on your journey to, you know, becoming content creators and what were the main buckets of mm. yeah, challenges? Yeah, I mean, along with the pros, there are a lot of challenges as well that come to it. I think one of it is definitely burnout, which can come. Uh, when it happens with a creative angle to it yeah. like you're creating on a regular you you want new ideas you want something that will be make you happy as well as provide value and perform well on the platform mm. so you take all these elements and your mind is constantly thinking okay what do i create next and what's the next big thing and then you put it out there for everyone to kind of tell you like how how has it really shaped up so that creates a lot of anxiety also and it can burn you out. Yeah, and it has burnt us out. And it has burnt us out, the whole process of it. But at the same time, it has its own reward mechanism. So that's what keeps you going. So like when we create something nice, which has a lot of value to it, and we are happy after creating it, we put it out there in the internet. And when someone comes back to us and tells us that, oh, this has inspired us to do so-and-so thing, or now this year I'm going to be traveling to this country, thanks to you guys. So these things make us feel more motivated to create even more crazy content. So that that whole burnout scenario is wiped out. I, I, I wouldn't agree with you so much. I mean, of course, there is a reward when people come back to us and be like, oh, you inspired me to do this and that. But it doesn't necessarily wipe off the burnout for me because the burnout can be really mentally challenging um, and creatively exhausting because you're forcing yourself to do something that doesn't work like clockwork. It's it's like a flow which comes and goes and you can't force it to happen every day. And when we had pushed ourselves with, with our calendar and whatnot, it definitely did get a lot exhausting and I had to take a extended break and I needed 
a lot of downtime to sort of get that fire burning in me again. So yeah, burnout can be very challenging. Uh, other challenges that we've also faced along the way would be just uh, having these months where nothing's working out. Like the ideas you had are not performing. The brands that were supposed to come in are not coming in. The way you were supposed to make money is not happening. And just having these off months where nothing you do seems to change anything. But uh, I guess the way through it is to just persevering and just getting through the hump and just going at it. Um, so I guess you asked uh, earlier, Ria, is this sustainable? I feel like it's as sustainable as any other job. Uh, as long as you are not burning yourself out and you have a healthy relationship with your work and your life and you are you're doing what it would uh, take you to succeed at any other job you're also applying the same principles here it can be sustainable and it can be long lasting I feel like we're just in the beginning stages of the internet and the possibilities of social media and it's only going to expand from here it's all about who can who can ride the curve and who can stay in the long term yeah it's a long-term game for sure you can't think that okay i'm going to become a creator make big money in two years and then retire from the whole thing it doesn't work that way it it's it's going to be a whole learning curve for you as well where you understand who you are as a creator and then you make that happen regularly you interact with your community on this point we also get this question from a lot of people saying that aren't you guys scared that uh, something will happen you know this whole creator scene won't work out after five years why don't you guys just take a job and make things stable for you but at the same time when the pandemic happened there were so many layoffs people yeah. were not prepared no for, industry was yeah. safe no industry was safe and everything just got exposed right at that moment that anything can happen there's no job which says there's that, no yeah. job security that's a that's a myth yeah. no job has security and and now with ai coming in the role and the things we know are in the works you don't know what's going to really happen in the future so why not just do the things that makes you happy right now exactly yeah that's yeah some really good points you touched on especially like the first one with burnout in a way burnout it might be a bit controversial, but it could be a good problem to have because you care enough about what you're doing to be burnt out. There's a lot of jobs where people are working and they don't, they just work and they don't care enough to even care about the job, if that makes sense. They'll yeah. just do their day, their shift, and then they'll log off. They'll do the same thing again. Um, so with the burnout aspect, now you both have experienced burnout. How do you manage it effectively now? Is there a way? that you that works better for you to manage that burnout i think individually both of us have our own methods of coping yeah i it. think for me um uh, the reason i think i burned out was i was prioritizing my work to uh, such an extent that i was not prioritizing my health or my relationship or anything else like all i was focusing on was work and when that realization hit me I I was like okay I cannot do this anymore so I started um I started not looking at my work and my um you know my creativity as my worth uh I started looking at it as just an aspect of my life and that's not all that I am so I started exploring other hobbies and passions that I sort of left off in my life so I got back to uh, painting which was something that I I really enjoyed as a child but I wasn't the best at it so I was like why why even do it but now I just do it just for the heck of it just to have fun with it so I'm just doing things that I loved 
uh, but I stopped doing them because I wasn't good at it. I I can be a bit of a perfectionist. So just getting over burnout helped me understand that perfectionism is not going to lead me to whatever success I envision for myself. It's actually just going to lead me to more burnout. So yeah, I'm trying to incorporate new hobbies into my life. I, I think even I use a few elements from that. But at the same time, for me as a person, uh, I like things to be more slow-paced and not too many tasks at one point. So whenever I feel that a lot of things are happening together, I just take a break from doing all of those tasks and like running the wheel because the wheel doesn't need to just be in a corporate circle. It can happen in content creation as well. Mm -hmm. Like you're just constantly doing that whole thing. So you just step out of the wheel, you take a moment, take a pause. If you think that there's some things that need to be done on priority, you finish that. And then you strategize a way to get the remaining tasks completed. So that has been helpful for me personally. And also being able to wake up early, take some time to go to the gym, breathe a bit. After six o'clock in the evening, you try your best not to open social media, which we still do. But which we still do, but we try. So we try so that like it's, it's a rule, but we break that rule a we lot. We break that rule a lot. That is quite early though. Yeah. That 6 p.m. is quite early. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, so we have been doing this for almost uh, three years now. Yeah. And our screen times are every laughable. Day. They are yeah. so, so excessive. Yeah. Like every day we can, our screen time is on an average seven to eight hours. And it's all Instagram. Yeah, we're just researching. Yeah. So that's a lot idea. of social yeah, media. Social Nobody media. should be spending that much time on social media. Yeah, but to be fair, I feel like people that don't even have full-time content creation roles do spend that much time on social media as well. So at least you're you're making yeah. something from yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's yeah. true. <laughs> so I guess to wrap things up, a final couple of questions I have. So what's like a piece of advice or insight that you wish you had known before mm. starting this journey? I wish I had known to not overthink it so much and start earlier. I'd always been inspired by YouTube and I had a channel before we started together. I had a channel where I'd post random vlogs from my life and I'd always doubt myself. I'd always be like, oh my God, these numbers don't mean anything and no one's watching and I'm barely getting any comments from people who are not my family. And I was always doubting myself. And now that I've done this for three years, I wish I um, could have told myself to not worry so much in the beginning and just keep creating and not stop. Like I wish I'd started this earlier. Yeah. Yeah, for, for me, though, I, I think I'm pretty happy the way things are rolled out. <laughs> and it's it's all right. Like, the way it has happened, I'm pretty happy with it. Like, it's been a very great learning experience. Like, we tried so many different things out. And to see some things work out, some things not work out, has been really cool. It's really shaped us as individuals, I would say. Mm. Yeah. And fair enough to both of that. It just shows that sometimes you don't need to change anything. Just go with it. And how yeah. are you both continue breaking the boundary in your life because you've already broken a lot of boundaries already so what's next um there's so many things that are next and we <laughs> i don't know like, how to say it like how we started off this entire podcast saying that we have a bunch of ideas and a lot of things that we want to execute but just the bandwidth and the time allotment for it and to make it really happen like we have some really cool things like we want to build businesses yeah. multiple businesses not just be content creators we actually want to have 
things to our name so we are just trying to figure out how to actually get that rolling yeah like multiple businesses is the direction we're looking at for sure mm-hmm. we now we're just venturing out into what it's going to be exactly how are we re- really going to automate it and how much value is it going to bring out to everyone else as well great that sounds really good and where can people find you you know you mentioned you had classes and, and workshops if you could just tell us a bit more about that and and where can people find you as well um so everything is pretty much on our instagram which is two tickets to freedom.com there's links to everything but of course uh not two tickets to freedom.com <laughs> sorry on our instagram it's at the rate two tickets to freedom but then also there's two tickets to freedom.com which is our domain where we have our workshops and everything for sale so you can find it there as well and we also have a youtube channel uh, which is our names uh prachi and harsh two tickets to freedom so you can find us there as well we're always creating content about travel and our life as a couple on the go um and we love to have you on board and we also keep sharing all our learnings as well on the go because we know a lot of people are looking out for these advices and like how they can start their own journey not just in content but just to explore whatever they're passionate about in life so the fundamentals remain the same really like start today keep doing it one step at a time and like, be authentic and be authentic no matter whatever you do i love that that's a great way to end so thanks for coming on the show thank um, you for thank having you for us, having us. It, was it was a actually, great time yeah. yeah it was a fun fun conversation Thank you for listening to another episode of Breaking the Boundary podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and learned a few tips about creating meaningful content. If you enjoyed this episode, please do leave it a review and rate it as it really helps the channel grow. And if you think this would be useful to someone else, do share it with your friends, your family and anyone you think it would help. For now, stay blessed and tuned for the next.